There's one thing that I know for sure out of all the things I've learned is that a person that doesn't have a purpose finds themselves in, in miserable more times than not. It's like purgatory. Right, because you are in this utter feeling of like, I don't know what to do next or-, or No one like, really needs me. Like, yeah, and no don't. one, people don't even ask these questions. So for example, people say, oh, I have a lot of anxiety. And I go, well, well you know what anxiety is. It's the nudge to take action on something, mm -hmm. right? Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward. That's it? That's it. All right. Edward, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give out my last name because, okay. you know, people are, they look you up on social media and, you know. This is strange. Yeah. Okay. Well... <laughs> You're my what in the world right now. <laughs> what in the world's wrong with you? Oh my goodness. What a busy day. I, I'm like, this is like, this is the last bit of energy I have for the day. And I'm going to give it all I got because I care about the Push Podcast listeners so damn much. Awesome. Right? Well, right? Um, diving in to your energy and excitement, do you have a what in the world? Um, no, I thought, I thought Jordan had a what in the world. You had like a what in the world. Oh, said, dang it. Jordan, Jordan had a what in the world. Uh, well, yeah, um, she's not here. Should we pause it and have I, I tell picture? you what my what in the world is, right? Um, Can I just tell okay. you? Okay. Okay. So I get a car for the first time that I really like. Mm -hmm. I truly like this vehicle, right. right? I've never really owned a vehicle that I was like, oh, this is the car I really wanted. I've kind of over time just settled for vehicles. One time you just brought home a little little small vehicle for me to just fold myself into to getting because you like the car. But I, I drove it like I loved it, mm -hmm. right? But I've been having an issue. Okay. Uh, several times I've been on the freeway, random items have smacked the shit out of my car. Mm, the car you love. <laughs> the car. I'm like, why is this happening? And I'm like, do I because I, I like it too much? Is it like this, like I'm, my materialistic no. world is being, you know, taking it. Like sa rap savage of like I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but yeah, like I feel like it's like I, I got hit by a tire, mm -hmm. and then the other day another How thing. How did it feel when you got hit by a tire? It, like I got hit by fucking lightning, like okay. it's it like thunder or whatever it was. <laughs> I was like, what was that? Like I, I, I like to think of where was like, did it hit you on, on the, the side of the on car? the freeway? Yeah, I'm on in the, the carpool lane. Yeah, on the side, uh -huh. hit, the, hit the side door, and it's it smacked the crap out of my car, and I was like what is happening mm -hmm. and so i have deep scratches on it and then something else the other day hit the the, the side of my car uh -huh. and scratched the mess of the bottom you can barely mm. you, can, you can't really see it but i know it's there mm. and so i'm just trying to figure out what what am i doing i mean am i in the wrong place at the at the right time what at the wrong whatever place right time for no. the right time for it to hit me no, no. Wrong, wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, both. Wrong yeah. Place, wrong it's been a long day, y'all. <laughs> well, anyways, um, I'm sorry that this is happening yeah, to right. you. I'm over. I just needed to say that. That was your little venting that's, session. That's my little venting session. I hope you guys can um, pray for me. 
Yeah. So <laughs> what do you want to do? Do you want to use your, do you use your deductible? That, that's you? what I'm saying. Now I got to, I got to take it to the shop. I got to mm-hmm. do all this stuff. I'm like, come on people. And then if you take it to the shop and it happens again, then what? Then you got to take it to the shop again. And you oh, do my gosh. You can't just leave it like that. Yeah. I mean, like, I really I'm like I'm a firm my... believer that you got to get it fixed because I went through a phase in my life where I didn't get like things and, you know, and mm-hmm. and then whatever. What are you saying <laughs> right now? talk right now. Dings and dents. Dings and dents. That's what I'm saying. Because um, you didn't care about stuff enough. And now no. your philosophy is if you care about something, you want to fix it and you maintain it and yeah. uphold excellence. Well, exactly. It's not so much about caring about it. It's about having like a certain standard for mm-hmm. your life. And I think that those little things matter. Right. Right. I feel that way about my home. Like, baseboards in my home like if they are chipped or something that needs to be addressed immediately well that's what i'm saying yours is your car my my, right now is my car i think my my you know my belongings my clothes i take pretty good care of like my personal items Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. except for the camera camera lens you just dropped and i was like thank god that was you that dropped that because i would have dropped it i would have never heard the end of it well, I said, find me something sharp and that can whip, so I can whip myself in the back. And, That's and, ridiculous. And <laughs> um, okay, I have a what in the world, okay. and you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about the fact that Eddie got hooked into the Kardashians' new show. <laughs> Eddie got hooked. Um, and then for you know the following um, episode that we watched, he still didn't find out what was in the bag, uh-huh. and you were upset about that. So we waited again and watched it last week. Finally found out what was in the bag. Was it worth the wait or what? Yes. Well, well tell the people what it was then. Uh, well, I, I don't want to be a spoiler, but basically <laughs> Kanye in all his glory, mm-hmm. right? Uh, basically, I don't know how he did it, uh, but he basically captured all the sex tape materials that were out in the universe, mm-hmm. which was very odd. But I just went with it because, you know, it's TV magic. uh And it was like one old ass Mac computer and a hard drive. I feel like that thing has spread like like a freaking blockchain. Like it's everywhere. The tape. The tape. Yeah. So it's not like it's like. Well, he went and supposedly got the only computer that has the only (laughs) copy on it, threw it in a duffel bag. Somebody has made copies. And made that the gift. Yeah. And so she was crying, thankful. But I just want to know, did he walk in with a gun? Did he walk in and. Apparently it was like pure negotiations. Well, he wrote a check. There you have it. I think that was a Jack Pearson moment. Ah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, not that, that Jack Pierce will be married to someone with a sex tape. <laughs> but, but, but I would have to but say Jack that, Pierce that, would do yeah, whatever would, was necessary to came, save Rebecca. Exactly. He mm-hmm. would have said, I've got all the tapes. Yeah. Gotta, if you had tapes out there, I hope you don't. But if you had tapes out there, I would get you I tapes don't have me. any sex tapes <laughs> out there, by the way. <laughs> also, um, This Is Us is coming to an end. I It's been on for six years. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. There are so many people that don't watch This Is Us because they say, oh, it made me cry every time. I just feel like that's good TV. Like, it's real are you stuff. Are Jessica? No. <laughs> well, my sister hasn't watched it in many years. But there's a lot of people that are like, oh, it's too sad for me. I'm like, this yeah. is real life stuff, though. Like, I don't think that it's sad at all. Uh, we definitely cry almost every time. No, I don't think it's, it's – it's, I think it's heartwarming. It's yeah. heartfelt. It's real – it's like for sure um, a family, like things yeah. that happen in a family, the 100%. good, the bad, the disagreements, the making up. Right. So I like love it. Coming to terms mm-hmm. with with issues that have probably been on your mind right. for a long time. I mean, they've handled 
they've tackled every single issue that yeah. that known to man that uh, every everything. issue. Yeah, so so if you don't watch that show, go watch it. Um, but you know, Kayla's in Scotland going to school. She said I missed my family, so I had to watch a show that had a family on it. So she started watching that. I thought it was really cute. Jasmine must have missed her family too because she started watching it away at college, right. and then. She says she cries every time too. Yeah, so it kind of keeps about us it. connected. Like she carries the emotion of yeah, that show. Yeah, for like a week. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, so it's going to come to an end. I accidentally almost had a spoiler alert today where I was just scrolling on Instagram. Apparently, I follow Sterling Brown, is right. that his name? Uh, Randall from the show. And it was his voiceover saying like a part of the show, just saying like my my mother was an angel, oh. and I was like, oh, scroll, scroll, scroll. I yeah, it was, I was gonna cry in the few seconds that I heard it. Yeah, they shouldn't put that stuff. So up that's there. a great show. Anyways, rewind back to the Kardashians. Here's my what in the world. Yeah, we were watching it the other day. Me, Eddie, and Jordan, and Chloe was talking to her mom. And Chris Jenner said <laughs> she was telling all these stories, like being all nostalgic about, you know, when yeah. I was a flight attendant back in the day, blah, 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 telling her daughter a story. And I had to write this down. Chloe literally, she started looking around and she's like, what are you doing? She said, I'm trying to muster up the I give a fuck energy. <laughs> And we paused it and fell out dying laughing that she said that to her mother. And then she like continues That's to so like horrible. look around and she goes, nope, don't. I can't find a fuck to give. <laughs> and I thought we all thought immediately of someone that we would like to yeah. use that on. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. That it, makes us evil people, I think. No, but it's because I think it's funny. It's, it's yeah. a good humor, but it was hilarious. And then like, I told Jordan, so, like, you could say that to whoever you don't care about. But if you ever said that to your mother, that's the most disrespectful thing. Yeah, I think your mother, I think she would actually, you would try to strangle her. That's like oh, your go-to sure. move when you are offended. You try to, like, put your hands around people's I'm going to choke. Yeah, you try to choke people out. Yeah. I uh, try well, to snatch the life out of them. I do that to but, you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, so we went to Miami, mm -hmm. and I think this is a, this is going to be the segue into what today is all about. Okay. But we went to my, Miami, and in Miami, uh, it was my first time in Miami, mm -hmm. and it very interesting place. Okay. Right? Um, because it, well, South Beach in itself is like a cross between Las Vegas and Venice Beach. Right, yes. And then, and then like, Little Italy. Remember in Little Italy in New York, they have all these people standing out, standing out of restaurants trying, trying to, to get recruit you, you to come yeah. to the restaurant. So there's a bunch of recruitments mm -hmm. to get into restaurants. There's people dressed in scantily clothed all right. uh, attire. Clad. Uh -huh. clad. Uh, and then there's weirdos. Right? Okay. So all that's there. Lots of great people watching. Yeah. But it was so a couple things that's really interesting is that you're watching people and you realize, and we were talking about this, you realize that. At the end of the day, most people just want to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are doing everything they possibly can for mm -hmm. someone to notice them. No one is being discreet, right? Right? With a guy rolling around in a Bentley with his with the the with rented the, Bentley, the Bentley, mm -hmm. <laughs> the Bentley peeling out when the light turns. Yeah, green. with his music blurring, mm -hmm. is blurring. not trying to be inconspicuous. Right. He is definitely out there trying to get people to notice him, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it, it, so all the different things that you see mm -hmm. out there, people playing music like out of a speaker mm -hmm. that is not, uh, this is my biggest pet peeve y'all. I'm just want to let you know, <sighs> um, like a, a regular speaker, not headphones, mm -hmm. but a regular speaker like of a your box. music 
so that other people can hear is but trying you, to be noticed. You know, back in the day, that was the thing to do, though. You carry your boombox around and oh, it's yeah. blaring music. It. So did you it. hate that Radio back Rahim in the day? Radio Raheem was in do, uh, do the Right Thing. But I, did you hate that back in the day? Yes. Okay. So you've pro- always yeah. been appalled when someone else shares their music with the general public I, and it's not your choice of listening. It's not your listening pleasure. I feel like they're taking advantage of the situation. I feel, <laughs> I feel like they they think that... Like there's some type of dominance of like, I'm going to let er- like, this is my music and everybody's going to listen to my music mm. that drives me crazy. It's just not courteous. It's not. Yeah, like, I don't think it's courteous it, either. You're not thinking about other people. Well, like, I, don't I remember. Hear your music. I remember that one time we went on this beautiful hike in the hills, like, you know, here where we live and we're on this nature hike and it's so beautiful. You can hear the birds, all the animals. Yeah. And this guy starts coming up the hill with a boom box blaring. And I thought you were going to snatch it from him and throw it down the mountain. Yeah. Do you remember what I said to him? You said, hey, I don't want to hear your music. <laughs> and he goes, what? And you said, I don't want to hear that music. Yeah. And, and he was like, okay. And you said, turn it down. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. Well, you got to That's not the first time I've done that. It's not. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, it's only because you're bigger than most people that you can get away with that. Because if you were like a little dude. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't be able to do that. But that's why I said it's, it's like a flex. It's like a flex of dominance. That's why people you're, do it. But you're flexing your dominance when you do that. Well, that I'm situation. flexing back because just like in the wild, if he was a wild <laughs> animal, he would make his his fur really big and try to flex on me. And I'll mm-hmm. have to make mine even bigger. Oh, my God. It, 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 but it drives me crazy because I I feel like it's it's not courteous. Yeah. But the moral of the story is that like when you're out and about in a public place like that, you, the thing is, is that I'm not judging anyone for doing those things, right? Mm-hmm. Except for the people who are playing their music out loud. Okay. But the people that are like trying to be seen, because that's that's what we innately we want to be noticed. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is it's not the setting where your skills and the, like your qualities and your values are the things that reign supreme. Like okay. that's not something people can see. So the person that's blurred, that's in there, Bentley, we don't know that they're a master coder, oh, right? Coder. Co- like can code um, software, software or something. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, we don't know that they're a world-renowned opera singer mm-hmm. or uh, maybe they're an amazing salesperson. Uh-huh. Like, we don't know those things. So that person has to find a way in a public place to be seen. Mm. Otherwise, if we were in an environment where you share your skills, that hopefully your skills can can show who you are. I don't know, though. I think that's debatable. I think if I'm walking around South Beach and I, you know, want to be half naked and have my booty out and I look good, then I'm doing that for me. If I'm a coder by day and a hoochie by weekend, what does that matter? But let me ask you. So, like, do you like you think that there's a there's a portion of people that say this is just what I makes me feel comfortable and good? Yeah. And it's not to be seen. Uh, I mean, I think that women in particular would argue and say, like, I dress like this for myself. Like, I've I look like this for me. And then that becomes debatable, too. You know, it's Mm. like, okay, well, we have plastic surgery. We're in the land of BBLs now. Like, are you doing this for you to boost your self-confidence? I'm all for that. But it's always debatable. Like, are you doing it for attention? Or are you doing it for yourself? By the way, I'm not opposed to plastic surgery at all. No, I'm just saying, like, do you think it, like it improves the quality of life for people? Um, I think in some cases, yeah. If you want to enhance something, absolutely. And I mean, I have several friends that are like, yeah, 
like people that are like, no, you should not like work with God, what God gave you. And then I have other friends that are like, you should enhance what God gave you. Like Mm. if it's going to make you feel better. So I think it's just so the interesting thing to me is like we were driving down the street the other day and I said, you know, what's funny is there's so many different variables to you becoming a human. Right. Right. How you were raised, where you were raised, who raised you, what kind of language they use, what their beliefs were that they instilled in you. Um, what you were exposed to, and the list goes on and on, right, right? right? Like what things were comfortable, what things did push you out of your comfort when you were a kid, right. who was a good role model for you, who was a bad role model for you, how did you respond in those situations? Those things all develop like your resilience, your confidence, your ability to communicate, right? All of the skills that we're going to be talking about today, which by the way, we feel that there are 12 skills that you should always be working to perfect or just be a student of in any area of life. So let me tell you what those skills are really quick. Number one, effective communication. Number two, relationship building. Number three, self-management, mm. right? Number four, <laughs> prioritization and focus. Number five, leadership. Number six, goal setting. Number seven, money mastery. Number eight, adult learning. Number nine, resourcefulness. 10 is emotional intelligence. 11 is persuasion and influence. And 12 is health and wellness. Yeah. And so uh, you think about all that in in like in the context of what we were talking about. So I, I was, you know, all these things are things I think that you would want to be known for. Mm-hmm. Right. To be known as a, an effective communicator, written and verbal, is a powerful thing. Who's the most effective communicator you know? You're one of the most p- effective communicators I know. What makes me um, an effective communicator? Um, because you are able to take a message, tell a story, mm-hmm. be passionate about it, be clear about it. Uh, and I think that makes you really effective. Well, thank you. Yeah, see? <laughs> who's the <laughs> most, um, who's the best at relationship building? Ooh, uh, relationship building, like any individual I know. I mean, yeah, I I guess I'm also asking the listeners, like, who do you know that's really great at relationship building? Like that doesn't necessarily mean just like meeting people, but nurturing those relationships and pouring into people, not being an over pleaser or a yes woman or a yes man, but building relationships that are solid and meaningful. Yeah, and I think I look and look at relationship building as like there are some variables within that, right? Are you an active listener? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you listen really well? Do you show people that they are the most important thing in the world at that particular moment while mm-hmm. you're talking to them? That's a key thing to like helping people make people feel good and feel significant. Mm-hmm. And I think that that builds really great relationships. You ask really great questions. I think those are really good I think obviously with our students and like like so many, we went to Miami, you know, for a conference, and you know there were so many people that was trying that were trying to get your your attention. And anytime someone said, "Oh, they recognized you because you're the cake mama," mm-hmm. you stopped, you asked their name, you asked them a few questions, mm-hmm. like you made them feel good. Yeah, and that's really an amazing skill. Because I think a lot of times people it would be like, oh, oh, hi, thank you. Thank you so much. And just kind of keep it moving. Right. But well, that, I think it's that, a value exchange. Yeah. And I think it's a valuable exchange. And I think that person walks away going, wow, that you made me feel significant, yeah. even though I was looking at you as a significant mm-hmm. one. Right. Yeah. I love making people feel significant. 
Yeah, I don't really care. No, I'm joking. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I, I do want people, like I think one of my things that I think I do really well is I'm an active listener. You are a great right? listener. I, I want people to know that I'm like dedicated to the conversation, that I want to learn more. And I'm, I'm just naturally curious. So mm -hmm. when people are talking to me, I'm like all in it, right? You also are very committed to the conversation, like when it's happening, not distracted. You're very right. laser focused. So you're good. You're good at that. Um, number three, emotional IQ. I think managing your emotions is really important, like not overreacting. We've talked on this podcast many times about overreacting and like losing your shit, especially if you're following us and you have some sort of business. That's never an effective skill, right? So always being um, in the process, a work in pro progress, as they say, of managing your emotions and having some emotional IQ. Yeah, and emotional intelligence or emotional IQ is an active, you know, recognition of like what is going on in in your inside of you and emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it really encompasses a, a few things. It, it encompasses self awareness, uh, self regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. Mm -hmm. And I think that all of those things tell the world that you can handle yourself no matter what you're thrown, mm -hmm. right? And you're able to adapt because you have the emotional intelligence. Because one of the things is you don't have to be the smartest person in the world, but you do not need to know how to manage and, and, and regulate your emotions in a way that's effective and that keeps a calm area, like a, a situation. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, let's talk about self-management. Self-management. Like, I think about time management. Mm -hmm. Like, can you... Be self-disciplined. Can mm -hmm. you practice a delayed gratification? Like those are skills that I think often many people don't learn, mm -hmm. right? You know, sometimes we get we get, we're entranced by the pleasure of something, mm -hmm. right? And so we go after it with all we've got, and it's not the right thing to do, yeah. right? And we needed to wait. We needed to be patient. We needed to find reason in what we were doing instead of it just being in the heat of the moment i went after something and now i'm regretting it yeah right i think you know kind of going back to like self-management prioritization focus those things are taught to you right at a very young age so going back to you like who raised you and what kind of habits did they embody and what what did you take from them because it's likely you're going to develop all of the habits that they had whether favorable or or not right and so those are kind of tricky ones because if you're constantly distracted and you constantly overreact, like your kids are going to take on those same habits and they're going to think that's just the way you do life, right? So then you see someone else down the line as they become adults, they're going to be questioning like, why do you overreact like that? Right. Like, you know, what causes that? Like, why are you acting like that? And it kind of, this list just reminds me of, again, all of the variables that help in shaping a human and why they choose the choices, make the choices they, they make, why they choose the reactions, why they overreact, underreact, how they process things, like all of these things just make you up as a human and we're all so different. Yeah, and this is the one, the self-management piece, the self-discipline, like if you kind of put all those into one, like this is the one I think trips up so many people because I interact with people all the time and, and this idea of like, time management, being on time. Mm -hmm. And it, not every there will be moments in your life you're going to be late. Mm -hmm. But when you're habitually late, yeah. like you're always running behind, 
That's a self-management issue. Well, I think it's and a it's, blatant disregard for everything. It's a disregard for other people's time. It's a disregard for your own self-discipline and, and self-management of your time. It's a disregard of just, you know, being somewhere where you're supposed to be at the time that you probably committed to. And I don't know. It just really drives me nuts. When but it's one of the late. most controllable things. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's outside of your control. Like, mm -hmm. I can see you having to work on emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. Like, calming yourself down. Maybe mm -hmm. you've never learned that. But, like, self-management is like saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be early for something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure I spend the right amount of time on it. Like, I just don't, I don't understand. Like, some people just cannot get it together. Like, they have a really poor relationship with time. Well, I think, one, they've never really been held accountable right. when it comes to running late. And if you're the kind of person that's like, oh, you know, there was traffic. I lost my keys. You know me. And now people accept that you're always late. It takes like one person for you to really piss them off, go off on them and talk about how disrespectful it is, make you feel like shit. And you'll never be late again. <laughs> no, seriously. And I would probably be that friend right. that, that would tell you, like, let me just talk to you about the disrespect that you've caused. Because no one else has maybe told you this, but you are late consistently all the time. And here's how other people perceive it. Like, I would have to be that friend that teaches you that lesson. Yeah. And for those that are listening, the reason why we're harping on this, like this time management being on time thing is because like when you really think about it, you are stealing time from people. Mm -hmm. And that is something you can never get back. Yep. Like you can steal their money, you can steal their belongings. But when you take time from someone, there's no bringing that back. Like you can't go, oh, I'm so sorry. I brought you back 30 minutes because yeah. I was running late. So now you can tack that onto your life. <laughs> What's right? the country or culture where you got like death was the sentence if you were late? I, I don't remember, but if it, it, it was like, the ultimate robbery. Yeah, it was like like it, it was literally, a, a, you know, when the you worst were, crime. it was the worst crime because it was stealing time. So mm -hmm. you literally were almost killing someone. Right. <laughs> so, and they would kill you. Right. So they would say, you know what? You don't deserve any more time. Off with We're your head. Gonna, yeah, take it all from you. Um, One of the topics, which is leadership, I think is really important when we talk to our students in Passion to Profit they're, that are business owners. We're talking to them about the fact that you are leaders and they always think, oh, I'm not a leader yet because I don't have any employees. But you're literally leading the people around you. Right. Want to talk about that? Yeah, leadership is, is an important thing because we all have to first start leading ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what that means to me is that you you have the ability to kind of cast a vision for yourself for your life mm -hmm. and you you may not necessarily see it but you can see it from a visualization standpoint but it also gives you a path in life that you can follow which puts a lot of these things on the, on this list in the proper order mm -hmm. because if you if you're a leader then you're saying hey I'm trying to get over there you can't see it I can't see it but I know it exists for me or for us, and here's the path we're gonna take, but in order for us to get there, we've gotta be really good at these things, and you have to self-manage yourself, mm -hmm. you have to make sure you have really good emotional intelligence, you have to make sure that you, you like on the way, like money mastery, all the different things, that's leadership. And then when you have you know, others that follow you, then you're really, you're leading others as well. Mm -hmm. And so, but I will tell you the probably the most attractive thing in an individual is their ability to lead. Yeah. Right. I feel like it to me, if I sum it up, it's a role model. Mm -hmm. Like you're wanting to like, I want to listen to what they have to say. It sounds like they like them. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like they've thought this through. They've got something meaningful to say. They're not just talking just to talk. They're not right. just trying to throw words out just to inspire you. There's actually some, you know, some substance there. And 
yeah, when I think of leadership, I think of a role model. Yeah. I also think of um, like our daughter has had a job, several jobs where the leader wasn't a good leader, but they right. were put in these positions. And I don't think that you understand that like there's no leadership training in most like if you work at Waba Grill and you become a manager, they don't teach you how to inspire others or how to talk to people and, you know, role model behaviors to make your employees want to embody some of the um, skills or characteristics that you're exuding. And I think that those are skills that we have to be in practice of. Yeah. Um, and we have to constantly refine and try to learn how to get better at. Yeah. A hundred percent. So going into the next one, goal setting, execution, obviously we think you should have goals, but I'm going to tie it in real quick to number seven, which is money mastery. This month in the Pusher Society, it is Money May. Yep. And we've all made some really uh, big commitments when it comes to money. And I'll just tell you what some of ours are. We are working on putting together a trust so that if something happens to us, um, you know, our house isn't tied up and in limbo. And this kind of got sparked. It's been something we should have done years ago, but we recently found some properties that were in probate. Um, and we just thought we don't want to do that to our kids, right. like, tie all the stuff up, make things super difficult. Um, and we've also seen other family members pass away that thought they thought they had their affairs in order and they didn't. Right. And so it caused a lot of problems. And so we don't want to do that. So that's what our commitment is in May. And then also, I think right now, as we're speaking, I think we're buying our first rental property. Working on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it might happen. Within the next 30 minutes. If yeah. not, then it wasn't our property. It wasn't meant to be. We'll move on and find something else. But we're trying to um, really get out of our comfort zone when it comes to money yeah. and really just continue to learn and grow. And so this month in the Pusher Society, it's Money May. Yeah. And, you know, what we're also trying to do, too, is is make money something comfortable and fun to talk about. Like mm -hmm. one of the students was like, like you, you got to make it a game. Mm -hmm. You got to gamify it. You got to make it fun. You got to make it interesting because we tie so much emotion around money. And when you look at money as a tool, uh, then I think that it, it becomes this, it becomes easier in your life. And also the, the feeling of abundance and it being everywhere, I think is something that everybody wants to feel. And so I think you have to approach it that way. Right. And so Money May tying into the next one, which is Adult Learning. This is a book that we highly recommend. It's I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. And we'll put a link in the show notes for you to click on that and order that. But this book has been a game changer for us. It's helped us gamify things. It's helped us you know, be reminded that we are still learning. There's so yeah. much to learn. And so if you are interested in money mastery and continuing to be an adult learner, which I think is so important because I know we would say like, oh, I learn something new every day, but there's a difference in stumbling upon something and then actually being in pursuit of this is what I'm working on for the next 30 days. Yeah. So for the next 30 days in May, we're working on money you know, finding more skills, being a student of money, like learning things that we don't know about. And then in the month of June, we're going to be learning another language. So constantly being in learning That's mode of hard, something. But we're going to get it done. Yeah. But, you know, and this this adult learning thing is 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 super important because I, I came home one day and I, and I was just like a little bit frustrated. Right. I was like, yeah, I want to, you know, give somebody a knuckle sandwich. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> because. I do think that there is severely, just as an observation, there's a severe lack of understanding what it takes to be a professional in anything that you do. Okay. And what I mean by that is 
if mm-hmm. you are in a career, if you're in it, I don't care if you're in a job. I don't mm-hmm. care if you have your own business. Mm-hmm. You are a professional in that particular industry. Mm-hmm. And any professional, and I think we see it role model the most in sports, you constantly are working on your craft. Mm-hmm. You're constantly practicing. You're constantly putting in the work to continue to do, improve on this profession that you want to be lucrative mm-hmm. for you in somehow, some way. And you're trying to bring value to the industry because the, in that in that industry, you want to be paid well, right? Or you want to sell your products, whatever it is. But I find that people don't put in the work to be professionals, right? right? And I think that that means that's reading books, that's watching videos, that's that's practicing different things, that's standing in the mirror and having and like and practicing something that you know you're going to be using, and it's just severely lacking in a lot of different areas. I just feel like maybe people go to work, they think, you know, hey, I'm here for eight, 10 hours a day. I do my job. I hopefully make an impact. I go home and now I'm off the clock. I feel like this generation in particular is like, well, I'm not at work. Actually. But I don't think it's just this dinner generation. I think it's in there is so many yeah. people that are, you know, well into their 60s and 70s, whatever the age is. And they never really took it serious. Yeah. So continuing to refine and master whatever it is you do professionally will only help you advance. Yeah. Like, can I just say this? We only get one life Mm -hmm. that we know of. Right. And in this life, we, you know, we we give this, these opportunities. Some of us have better opportunities. Some of us don't, whatever we, 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 we work with what we've got. And in that time frame period, we're here to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is to find your calling, to find your purpose, to find meaning in life. And then you go out and you try to maximize it as much as possible. But what I don't want for myself is this, is I don't want to get to a place where I'm just waiting to die. Right. Right. And I think I've told you this before, mm-hmm. like you get to a place where you just kind of like, now you get up in the morning, you do the same thing, you do get up in the morning, you go home, you, you, you do whatever you're going to do, you do the same thing. And you're just waiting until it's your last day. Mm-hmm. And you're not conscious of like, I want to strive. I want to learn a new language. I want to I find a way to figure out this money thing. I want to find a way to build better relationships. And I'm not saying that everybody's got to be a Rockefeller and try to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is make meaning of your life in somehow, some way. But don't just sit back and wait on di- and death to just come knocking at your door. Yeah, I think playing devil's advocate, someone would say, if I reached retirement, I had a really busy, rich life that was full of chasing big dreams. I want to be in the moment now and you could not have that. a goal for a second. I want to not be, you but know. But we're not designed that way. Okay. Well, I know several people right now <laughs> that are in transition, leaving a job, retiring, and they have constantly had a goal and constantly been striving for something. And right now, they don't want to be pushed. They're like, I need to learn how to, you know, be, how to relish in the moment and be present with the things that matter right now. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is, is it doesn't have to be professional. Mm-hmm. It can be, I want to be the best grandparent I possibly can be. Mm-hmm. I want to be, you know, I, I want to be a great neighbor. I want, like, there's something to look forward to mm-hmm. in life. And I think that there's, you always have to be looking for that because, there's one thing that I know for sure out of all the things I've learned is that a person that doesn't have a purpose finds themselves in, in miserable more times than not. It's like purgatory. Right. Because you are in this utter feeling of like, I don't know what to do next or, or no one like, really needs me. Like, yeah. And no don't. one, people don't even ask these questions. So for example, people say, oh, I have a lot of anxiety. And I go, well, well, you know what anxiety is? It's the 
nudge to take action on something, mm-hmm. right? And if you get deep with people and you find out, okay, what's going on in your life, you find that they're not making decisions, they're not taking action on things. And so that's what's giving them this feeling of anxiety because they're not responding to the nudge, mm-hmm. right? And then you have frustration because they have things in their life that they haven't accepted. And so all they need to do is accept, have awareness, and move forward. And they're piling them and right. stacking them. And they're them, stacking and now them and they, they feel like stagnant the and then now they feel stuck. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of answers in this world, but a lot of the answers is about moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, well, thank you for that. Yeah, sorry, soapbox. Sorry. <laughs> I will tell you one of my biggest pet peeves, pet peeves that I feel like people need to get better at is being resourceful. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because you know I'm a business coach and people ask me for advice, and that's great. But I'll tell you the question I hate the most. Oh, I'm I, I'm thinking about starting like a baking business. Tell me where to start. Like, what should I do? That's not being resourceful. Like, there are a million <laughs> things that you can Google to help get you started. And then when you have a specific question, you should ask an expert. But a devil's advocate, like, somebody's going to say it, but I, me being resources, no, that's why I'm asking. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I'm yeah. really into learning about Airbnb properties right yeah. now, right? I yeah. really want to own a couple of Airbnbs. My brother has been doing Airbnb for probably 10 years. I'm not going to call him and be like, Jared, I think I want to get into Airbnbs. Tell me where to start. That's just rude. It's a waste of his time. He's my own brother. He would tell me, but it's like there are so many steps that I could Google before I call him. And then I could say, hey, bro, I did some research. This is what I know. I got my business license. I took the first couple of steps. Literally, I did a bunch of Google searches today and I have the first 10 steps. Right. I don't know what to do after that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, right, be right. resourceful. Don't say, I want to start a business. I'm going to go to an expert and ask them, hey, you know, I really want to start a business. What do you think I should do? I do some research, like be semi, semi-resourceful. There are right. so many things that Google will tell you. And I just feel like when you are asking someone for something that's Googleable, I'm annoyed with that. Yeah. And I think you can always tell by the quality of their question if they've done any work at all. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, again, sometimes we get into these places where people are like, I want instant information. And I'm not going to read the book. I'm not going to watch the, the YouTube yeah. video. Um, I just want someone to spoon f- feed me mm-hmm. the, the answers. Well, and that- people have asked me before, like, you know, well, oh, you started an online coaching business. Can you tell me how to do that? Because I also want to, you know, teach X, Y, Z. I'm like, yeah, first of all, <laughs> I can't tell you in a five minute thing. I can't even tell you the first five like steps, like I paid for a coach to help me with this. Like there are so many things. There's a whole nother language. There's SEO, there's websites to be built. There's contractors. There's like just so much stuff. I can't possibly tell you that like in a five minute passing conversation. So those are the kind of questions where I just go, I pride myself in being really resourceful. Like I, I will Google things. I'll watch YouTube. Like I learned how to run a baking business not run a baking business, but start a bakery business from YouTube right. and Google and the internet. And I'm talking like page 12 of Google, not just the first one. Right. So right. I don't know. I feel like resourcefulness is something very important. Um, and it's the one thing yeah. I think that like when you think about all these things, the, the thing that we're trying to make sure you get from this is when you focus on these skills, you build a level of self-esteem, which you stack, which builds confidence so that you can do many different things. You're also building a, a feeling of, of personal value. Mm-hmm. And then you're also improving connections and relationships. Like if you look at all these things we're talking about, those things happen. 
And resourcefulness is one of those things that you can say, like, I did the work. I'm proud of myself. Mm -hmm. Not in like, I, I don't need help, mm -hmm. right? Because we all need support and help. But to know that you put in the work to figure things out. And I'm not because, saying don't ask questions. Right, that right. is not what I, I am the first one. You know, I ask all kinds of questions. Right. Right. But I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't waste my brother's time and call and say, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Can you tell me the first step? Yeah. Give me I'm, step one through 12, please. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, can you email it to me? Can you email it to me? That's the worst. You know, literally someone, maybe they're listening to the podcast, sent an email, a response to something we sent out. So we sent out an email saying, like, hey. We're offering this workshop. It's $29, blah, 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 blah. Had a whole entire email with content, like explaining what it was we were offering. They literally hit reply and said, hey, is this still going on? Not sure when I got this, but can you give me the details? And then had the nerve to say, you know, I'm so scatterbrained. I'm all over the place. You probably sent them in an email, but if you could just give me the details, this might be something I'm interested <laughs> in. I was like, Okay, I'm not going to respond to this because oh, that's a lack yeah. of resourcefulness. Like yeah. I can't it, it would Figure be it out. It wouldn't be right of me to take your $29 to sell you something that you might not show up for. Like I already know you're going to be a problem. You're not going to know how to log in. You might be late. Like I'm already judging based on the question that you asked me. Does that make sense? Basic troubleshooting people. Yeah. So Let's be resourceful, please. And then just to kind of tie a bow on a few of the last ones, um persuasion and influence really is about sales, really. It's yeah. about... One thing is, it's about transferring like ideas, right? And so we all have a wonderful excitement, minds. Energy. And, and, and excitement, energy. Excitement, mm energy. -hmm. We have imaginations. And a lot of times we have to practice the ability to communicate it in a way that influences people, that impacts people, that they find it meaningful, that they also can share your perspective, right? And so I think a lot of times where we have this world in which we're divided socially, if folks practice the, a bit of persuasion and influence, they can possibly cut through some of the, the stubbornness and get to a place where, hey, you don't have to agree, but let me show you this perspective where mm -hmm. you at least can go, ah, oh, I understand, mm -hmm. right? And that's when you know you're pretty persuasive when people go, oh, I get it, I understand now. Right. When you're able to influence them in that way. Well, I don't think you're trying to be right. I think you're trying to like get it right. 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 Yeah. Um, and then lastly is health. Like we've been talking a lot about everybody needs their own personal wellness kind of practice. You got to move your body, move yeah, it or move lose your body it. body in your mind. Like, and I think we, you know, we had a little competition and lost some weight in April. Fantastic. You look great, honey. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Uh, but I, also I did not lose the 10 pounds. <laughs> I didn't lose the 10 pounds, I but I will say I Eddie lost the 10 pounds. Um, I will say I feel very fit. I yeah. feel, um, very much. I feel very strong. I feel like I've had a really good time in the last, uh, month. Well, a few months making it a huge priority for like Jordan and I after school, like we have a good time. It's competitive. She's feeling good. I yeah. think it's fantastic. Yeah. So I will say that my body has changed and the the pounds never come off for me. So I was already kind of set up for failure, but I've, I'm fine. Yeah. I feel good in a bathing suit. 
I'm good. And I'm going to keep going. That. High five. High five to you too. Um, and I think the, you know, just to add to that last piece of taking care of your body, you got to take care of your mind, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, we, we kind of lectured you on some of the things that are mental uh, illnesses or mental health that can, um, that plague a lot of people, but a mental lot of illnesses. Yeah. Mental illnesses, mental, mental health. Like, Oh, I thought you said we lectured you. I thought you were referring to these. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm confused. We talked about anxiety and, and stress and all those okay. kind of things that can plague people. And the big thing is, is like, how are you taking care of your mind? Are you, you know, seeing a therapist? Are you practicing meditation? Mm -hmm. Are you doing things that will help ease some of the stress and things that you're feeling? So take care of yourself. But it's a practice and it's, it's a skill that you have to learn. Uh, in, in, in order to be in a productive person in society that um, we all can rely on because we need each other. Yep. So if you found this episode helpful and you also want to be in practice of um, every single month, maybe working on one of these skills, we want to invite you to join the Pusher Society with us. You can go over to wearethecopelands.com, click on the Pusher Society or janellecopeland.com, click on the Pusher Society and join us. Um, we also want to give you this list of these 12 life skills that we think you should always be in practice of um, refining. And I think these are good conversations to have with your kids, with your spouse, yeah. with the people that you work with, and maybe just make some commitments with your friends and the people that you love that you do life with. Because I think um, if you know someone who needs to get better at effective communication, but you're working on relationship building, it could be a good Kind of like, hey, what if we chose something on here to work on and just worked on getting better together? I think that'd be a good starter. 100%. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you found something helpful, please take a few seconds to share it with a friend or family member. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Have, Have a, a great one. Have a great we'll one. talk to you guys soon. Push Bye. Through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through